Hey everyone, and welcome back to Talking Three One Three. Got Logan here with me today. How's it going, everybody? Uh, today we got a little bit of Michigan, Michigan State basketball to get into. Maybe a little bit of playoffs. Not a ton to talk about here, but we'll just start diving right in. So since we last talked, Michigan State has split their last two games, putting them at fourteen and seven on the year. They lost at Indiana, eighty-two to sixty-nine, in a game that uh, they were close with for a long stretch and kind of got away from them at the end. And then they won at home against Iowa, 63-61. Again, they were trailing most of the game and escaped at the end. What do you make of those two games? Uh, you know, Ben, I think it's just the the kind of whole message of their season. They've been 14-7. It's not where you're, you're happy about it, but you're not mad about it either. It's right in the middle. Like, example, you said this week, they split it one-on-one. It's kind of what they've been doing this whole year. They win at home, and then they lose on the road when it comes to playing competitive teams, you know. Uh, every year it seems like they have a struggle with Indiana. They don't usually get past Trace Jackson Davis, who kind of is their father right now, you know. Um, but then, right. But then last night against Iowa was a, it was, to me it was an impressive win. You know, Iowa had every right to win that game. You know, State didn't play their best. They played played their C minus game, and they still found a way to win. They showed they have good depth. They didn't, even, I mean, Blake Hall played good minutes, but he didn't start. They showed the depth they have and how they can win a game or two in the tournament when it comes time. But um, as far you know. That's what that's what I mean. The they win one or two games in a tournament max. I don't see them really making it past Sweet Sixteen. So while you could be happy about these two wins, there's not, there's not much to read into. How about you? Yeah, I think that the like you said, the Indiana game is kind of a team that they've uh, struggled with for a while now. Especially at Indiana, it's a tough place for anyone to win, especially in the Big Ten. And losing there, I mean, you can't really take away a big big downside from that. Uh, Hauser played really well in that game, something they can kind of look forward to. If he's going to shoot the ball like he's been doing lately, because he's had a couple games where he's really, really like been turning it on and kind of maybe a little streaky down the stretches of these games. But if he's going to be a big-time player for them, then this is a team that's definitely going to be dangerous and you know maybe looking for that number two spot in the Big Ten, which is kind of still up for grabs for really anybody. Like you said, again, 14-7, uh, you know, middle of the road. It's almost what we expected from them, but I feel like the way they did it is not necessarily the way right. we expected them to. You know, a loss to Notre Dame, a loss here, lost there. And they've had some good wins. Uh, I mean, Kentucky, I know that Kentucky's not the Kentucky that they normally are, but still, that's like, a, if you're going to beat a Kentucky team, it's still a win that, you know, you can be proud of, anything like that. Uh, it's kind of just a weird way that they've been attacking their season, I feel like. Almost, we talked about it last week, all these Izzo teams. It just feels like it's just another Izzo team. Mm -hmm. They're going to fight. They're going to scrap. They're going to be out in transition. They're going to do all of that. And there's not really one player that is going to be, you know, that big-time star. We talked about that two weeks ago. And then Tyson Walker had two big games, and now mm -hmm. he's back down to earth. So now that I said that, probably, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure Joey Hauser will go for like 30 and 30 or something like that. But And then going into the Iowa game, I feel like, I know Malik Hall didn't really get a ton of minutes, didn't start, but you can just feel his presence of like how much of an mm -hmm. impact player he is. That game was close to getting away to them at, at multiple times that game. I feel like when they put Malik Hall in to guard Chris Murray and guard uh, just players like that, where like he can guard almost anybody on the floor. He's mm -hmm. really athletic, and he's going to be a tough guard for anyone else. I feel like he was just really a, an impact player for them, even though he didn't really see the minutes that you know he normally will when he's fully healthy. Yeah, like you said, he he didn't get the full rotation, the full minutes he's used to getting, but he made the most out of them and really, like you said, helped lift Michigan State off the mat when they were up down 10-0 to start the oh, game. Yeah. That dunk was sweet. Too. Yeah, yeah, he played great. He's he's their glue guy that they have, and he's really important to how successful they'll be when it comes down to this stretch. Yeah, I feel like he's a guy you can kind of point to for this Michigan State team, and you can be like, 
this is the not necessarily the guy for our team, but the guy that kind of dictates the way that mm-hmm. we uh, we finish up this season. If he's going to be playing well, then I think they have a good chance to mm-hmm. just kind of do some big things in March, make that second weekend, maybe even you know make a push to try and make a Final Four. It's not you're going to have to have some luck to get there. You're not a you're not a team that has a talent to get to the Final Four, but like all these years, you see a team that you know maybe doesn't deserve to be in the Final Four that kind of sneaks in, and I feel like this. Michigan State team is scrappy enough that mm-hmm. I can see them maybe doing something like that, especially if Malik Hall's going to be playing well down the stretch. Their uh, next two games next week uh, is going to be at Purdue on Sunday. They lost to Purdue uh, by one in their home arena at the Breslin, and it took a Zach Eady, uh, like, you know, game ending. It wasn't a buzzer beater, but it was in the last, you know, 10 seconds of play. It took a layup by him to finish off that game, finish off Michigan State. They're traveling to Purdue on Sunday, and that's the only game we have for them this week. What do you make of that game? Um, you know, going to Purdue is always tough. State usually doesn't end up winning there, but uh, not many teams do. So yeah. not, not a knock on them, but um, it's just another chance for them to bolster their tournament resume to get up a higher seed. Right now they're probably sitting about a seven or eight seed if they win this game. They could potentially leap into the five or six area. Um it's also, a ch- like you said, a chance for them to grab that number two spot in the Big Ten standings and kind of secure a double bye for Big Ten tourney. But um, it's it's another big test for them. They've already played them once, uh, pushing them to the limits, you know, so they know they know what they're going to get with Purdue. And I know everybody's number one, you know, Purdue's number one team. But I haven't – I think it's kind of a down year in college basketball. There's not many powerhouses. Like, your blue bloods are all out of the top 25. You know, it's you know, a weird year. It's a weird year. And Purdue might be the best team, but I don't think they're that good. But, like, they got pieces. But then they're – not some unbeatable team for yeah, sure. So I think stick it'd be. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I definitely wouldn't put it past them to upset the number one team come Sunday. Yeah, I agree. I think you look at this uh, Purdue team, you look at this Michigan State team. They already played each other, played each other to the end of the game, and you gotta say, oh well, that's at Breslin, so you know that's an advantage for Michigan State. Michigan State probably what three, four point dogs mm-hmm. in this game, but. I think that they have a very, very good chance that if they get this one down to the wire, like they've been doing for a lot of these games, they're going to have a chance to, you know, come out with a victory. Uh, I think that you're going to need another good game from Tyson Walker. Like mm-hmm. you had in the first game, you're going to need Malik Hall to be Malik Hall. You're going to have to find a way to stop Zach Eady because he went off last time you played him. Really, there's a lot of ways this game can go, a lot of different ways, I feel like. And – Honestly, I think Michigan State has a chance to win this game. It's going to be tough to, like you said earlier, you know, if they win this game, they're kind of cementing their place as a, as a double buy in the Big Ten tournament. I also think if they win this game, they have a good chance to maybe even win the Big Ten. You know, not mm-hmm. necessarily a good chance, but they, they put themselves in position that there's a possibility and there's a path that they can win mm-hmm. the Big Ten because they're sitting with three Big Ten losses right now. Three I think. or four. Three or four. And, yeah, they put Purdue at two. So it's either they're a mm-hmm. game back or two games back. and They split that series, so it's going to come down to who wins more games or it's going to be a tie. I think that they're in a place where they can honestly win the Big Ten the way the Big Ten has been this year. Mm-hmm. You know, Purdue's going to get got it sometimes at some points down this stretch. You know, they almost got got at Michigan last night, and Michigan's by no means one of the better teams in the Big right. Ten, I don't think. Uh, I think that Purdue can definitely get got, and Michigan State, you know, they can definitely win some games mm-hmm. on the road, and they can win some games at home. And if, if they go through a good stretch there, I feel like they're going to be in a good possibility and good chance that they could end up co-champions at the Big Ten. Very well, yeah, it's a very big possibility, like you said. They don't they don't lose games at home either, so if no. they can pull away some away wins, they'll have a nice oh, shot yeah. to do it. 
Yep. And so what we kind of wanted to do is look at the rest of their schedule here, kind of just predict what uh, we think is going to happen with the rest of their schedule. Hang on here. Let me get Okay. So we can just, so they're sitting at 14 to seven right now. They're at Purdue. I'm saying it's a loss probably. Yeah, I'd agree. So we got that one as a loss. Sitting at 14 and eight at Rutgers. It's going to be tough. I mean, I, I think they'd probably pull that one out. You say I, win? Yeah. I think they could definitely win that game. I think it's a game that's definitely winnable for them. 15, and honestly, if they split Rutgers and Purdue, I feel like, yeah. on the road, if you split those two, you got to be really, really right. thrilled with the way you you attack those two games. And then home against Maryland, I'm saying that's probably a win there. Yep. At Ohio State, Ohio State's really been struggling. I'm saying probably a win there. I, I would go – I'd go lost with that one. I think you go lost? Yeah, I think the rivalry game, I think Ohio State can come off the mat and get them in that one. Okay, and then home against Minnesota. I'm assuming that one's probably yeah. going to be a win. So, hang on. And then at Michigan. Uh, who cares? <laughs> who knows? Probably a win. Yeah. My guess is that'll be a pick when it comes down to it. Mm -hmm. But uh, home against Indiana, I think it's probably a loss. I think yeah. Indiana, Indiana and Purdue are probably the one, the two teams that I think – I think Indiana is best suited to be the number two team in the Big Ten, in yeah, my opinion. I agree. Just the way their talented roster like boils down, I feel like they're the most talented team other than Purdue in this mm -hmm. Big Ten. And then at Iowa, you just saw they won by two. Yeah. I think that's probably a loss. Yeah, I'll agree with that one. At Nebraska, I'm saying it's a win. Mm -hmm. First Ohio State, home against Ohio State. I'm saying it's a win. Yeah. So we got 14-8, 15-8, 16 so 20 and 11. That's definitely a tournament team. What do you think? that That's probably a 7 or 8 seed. Yeah, I'd say it's a 7 or 8 seed. Maybe if you get lucky and uh, a lot of teams have some losses right. or if you do well in the Big Ten tournament, you could work, find your way into a 6 seed, I think. Being a 7, a 6, an 8 around there, what do you think their uh, their ceiling is? Well, depending on the seed, I think it's probably around a 32. You know, I, I don't think – the ceiling could be Sweet 16, but I think what is going to happen would be around 32. I think they'll win that first-round matchup. If they're a 7, they'll be the 10. If they're a 6, they'll be the 11. But I don't see them being a top-two seed when it comes to the second game of the, or second round of the tournament. You know, so at some point you have to be talented enough to get to that Sweet 16. I don't really think the state team has yeah. this year. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they find themselves in a seven game again and the two mm -hmm. seed is is – I mean, I guess all the blue bloods are kind of down, but like say the two seed is like Kansas. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, well, what a what a wonderful opportunity we have to see these two blue bloods face off in the first weekend. The basketball analysts that do that, I disagree fully when they say that. I'd rather have these two teams, you know, find their way playing each other in the Elite Eight and all of that and then have them play the first weekend mm -hmm. and just get it all over with. But I realize it's seeding. It's, it's how they set it up. But sometimes it feels like it's a little forced some of these times and I could definitely see them running into a Kansas and I don't think this team is beating a Kansas no. in any way, shape or form. Kansas is a really good team, but I think if they find their way into a six game, I could I could see them maybe upsetting a three. Mm -hmm. I think eight, it really depends on matchup, mm -hmm. but I think that like you said, probably ceiling is sweet 16, maybe elite eight if things, you know, boil down your way. But I think the floor is definitely 32. Mm -hmm. I think they're definitely winning that first game though. For sure, I'd agree with that one. You know, they'll get some cupcake matchup. The 
they'll find a way to win that game. But like you said, it's not going to amount to much more past that first game, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. Looking at uh, another team that <laughs> who knows if they'll end up in the tournament, Michigan. They split just like Michigan State did. Kind of what we expected maybe was them to split. Maybe not the way we wanted them to split, but they <laughs> end up 11-9. and nine. Uh, they beat Minnesota on Sunday, 60 to 56, in a disgusting game. And then last night, lost to Purdue at home, 75 to 70, without Jet Howard. And a lot of Michigan fans are out here saying, "Oh, it's a moral victory." As a Michigan fan, I'm sick of the moral victories. Like, can we just? We need to get over the hump. You agree? There's not much to say. There's not much to say for me in this part. You know, it's a uh, great. They beat Minnesota, who's probably the worst team in the Big Ten by far. And then, and then, it's great. You lost. It's cool that you lost to Purdue by five. Cool. Like, congratulations for hanging in it with them. But they were never in position to win that game. And it's been like this the whole year, whether it comes down to you know Virginia at home, North Carolina, Kentucky, Maryland, Maryland any any of these close one games, all these quad one games that they're losing by less than five points. It doesn't matter. If you lose by however many you lose, a loss is a loss. And at the end of the day, we're 0 and 7, 0 and 8 against quad one teams, and it's not gonna that you're not getting the tournament. And so, if, if this Michigan team is not in the good tournament, it it surplants. I think the last five years, Michigan has been the like the better team in the state of Michigan when it comes to basketball. I think they've outplayed state, but if they don't make the tournament, it comes it surplants state back on top going forward for these next three to four years. As long as Jordan Howard is coach, I don't you know I don't want to be upset about it, but. This team is way too talented to not make the tournament, and so it would be such a big disappointment if they end up not making a tournament. I agree, and there's there's really two sides to the Michigan fan base right now. There's a side that's that's crazy. Oh, get rid of Jawan Howard; he's a terrible coach. This season is a is a complete failure. And then there's the other side where it's like they returned two players mm-hmm. that got any type of minutes last from last year's team. They lost their starting point guard, and I think it kind of meets somewhere in the middle there where, yeah, you only return Hunter Dickinson was your only returning starter and Terrence Williams, you know, came off the bench. He's the only other guy that got any type of minutes. And then yes, you lost your starting point guard, but I feel like you, the way it was set up this year, there was no depth. There was no, you have to be prepared for injuries in basketball. They're going to happen. You're going to have injuries at times, and maybe, you know, not season-ending injuries like Jalen Llewellyn's injury was, but at times in the year, you're going to have injuries, and not having really anybody that can back up those injuries. And I'm not trying to slight Doug McDaniel. I think he's done a great job playing point guard coming in for Jalen Llewellyn, but I feel like not having anybody behind him, because there's no really backup point guard behind Doug McDaniel. Like, you have Kobe bringing up the ball, you have Jet bringing up the ball, and now Jet's hurt, so you don't have him. So, really, it's Doug or Kobe. And having both of those guys play the whole entire game is is not something that's going to prove well for your team. Mm-hmm. Like fatigue is going to be an issue, right. and I, I wonder if that's going to bite them down the stretch here when when you have Doug McDaniel and Kobe Bufkin almost playing forty minutes mm-hmm. every single game. Like, is that going to come down? There's going to be some maybe hamstring injuries, something like that, where it's just like they've just been overworked. Is what I wonder. But kind of going back to those those two games. The Minnesota game was disgusting. You know, there's no reason that game should be a four-point game, no reason it should be a four-point win. I realize you lose your leading – I guess he's not our leading scorer, but our, our second leading scorer, sure. Jet Howard, in the first couple minutes of the game. But still, this is a team that you should be able to take care of with, with ease. 
in Minnesota. They're they're not a very good basketball team. And then at Purdue, you already talked about it, all these moral victories. And, you know, maybe if Jed Howard plays, you win that game, but it doesn't matter because you lost it. And so mm-hmm. now you're 0-7 or 0-8 in quad one opportunities. You don't have a single quad one win. You're 11 or 9. You don't have a good outlook at the tournament. And it's kind of the same story as last year where you're just not in a very good spot to do anything in March, I feel like. And, you know, last year they did turn it around. They did turn around. And I think that the only way that this season turns around is if they win both of these two games coming up this Mm -hmm. next week on the road. You're traveling to Penn State. You're traveling to Northwestern. You beat both of these teams at home, but you can kind of chalk that up to maybe being at home. Mm -hmm. You know, Big Town on the road is a very tough, tough place to win. What do you make of these two games here? If they have any hope of making a tournament, it comes down to this week. If they lose these games and they're 11-11, you're not, you know, all the hope for making a yeah, tournament. Yeah, even 12 and gone. 10, I feel like you're yeah. kind of just can't keep splitting no. games. You know, yeah, you have to win these two games. You have to find a way to to win. And the best part, it is on the road. So it would give them a chance to – Odd one wins. Sure, on the road too, which they don't win on the road. But it would give them an opportunity to do something they haven't done this year. So they need to take advantage of it. Hopefully Jack gets healthy to get back into the lineup. But um, – like you said, with the depth at that point, it's it's both on the players and it's on the roster construction of Juwan Howard not being being able to bring in trans. Like it, it goes on the players as well, but it's also partly like it's a 50 50 blame on the lack of depth. People need to be able to step up, but then Juwan is also the one who gave him the opportunity yeah, to play. Not here. to interrupt you, but you look at these teams, the Big 12, Kansas State, and Iowa mm-hmm. State. They were two head coaches that were first or second, well, Iowa State's second year, but in his first year, and Kansas State with Jerome Tang. First year head coach comes in, changes the program because of the transfer portal mm-hmm. and Michigan. So I feel like you have you have no excuse to blame stuff on losing right. talent right. from the last year. Yeah, they they simply put have not hit in the transfer portal since Mike Smith, and they haven't hit in the recruiting since a couple of years ago. You know, last you know, so it, it comes down to lack of depth, and it's 50 percent on coaches, fifty percent on players, and uh, that's their major issue, I think. If they want to even have a chance on these games, they're going to have to have people step up, especially if Jets out. Mm-hmm. They got a, I feel like talent evaluation is a problem that is starting to be grown here at Michigan because you have Caleb Houston, you have Musa Diabate, and yeah, they're talented players. Maybe it's not talent evaluation because, yes, they're both very talented players. It's getting the right guys for your system. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he doesn't, Didn't have a Juwan hasn't, hasn't really set up getting the right guys that can work with him. I mm-hmm. feel like Hunter Dickinson is the type of guy that you you need to build a team around a big man like that that's going to be a premier big man in the Big Ten. If you have Hunter Dickinson, build a team around him. Don't get all these guys like Musa Diabate. Ter- don't don't have Terrace Reed be your best recruit coming mm-hmm. into the year because well, I guess Jet Howard, but Terrace Reed was rated higher. Mm-hmm. Don't have him be your best recruit coming in because he's going to sit behind Hunter Dickinson for this year. And if Hunter Dickinson stays another year, maybe next year. And that means – He'll probably transfer. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like just getting the right guys that fit your system has been a problem for for Michigan. Going back into these two games, I think, like you said, must win games. We talked about it last week. Every game from here on out is a, is a tournament game. Mm-hmm. Really, you you can't afford to lose any. You you want to be sitting maybe around 19, 20 wins, and to do that, yeah. you're gonna have to win. I think eight, eight or nine of your next eleven games, yeah. which is impossible, almost impossible in the Big Ten. In Big Ten. It's it's going to be a tough tough outlook for for Michigan the rest of the way out, the rest of the way out. Let's just take a look at what what we think is going to happen the rest of the way out here because 
probably not going to be good enough. But at Penn State, I think they're going to lose that game. I, if Jet's not playing, they're losing. Yeah, I think if Jet doesn't play, they lose. I think at Northwestern, I think they get Northwestern. Sure. I think they split those two. Home against Ohio State, I think they win. Mm-hmm. Ohio State down. Home against Nebraska, they win. Mm-hmm. Home against Indiana is probably a loss. Indiana, yeah, Indiana is way more talented than we are. Yeah. At Wisconsin is that's a loss too. Yeah, it's probably on the road. a loss. Home against Michigan State, we gave Michigan State a win, so that's would be a loss for us. Mm-hmm. At Rutgers is probably a loss. I think home against Wisconsin, I think we beat them. I sure. Probably split Wisconsin. At Illinois, loss. At Indiana, loss. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. You're sitting, you go one, oh, yeah, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So you're sitting at 15 See you next and year. 16 in Big Ten play. And with uh, that, you're probably going to have to win the Big Ten tournament if you plan on making the NCAA tournament, or else you're going to be seeing Hunter Dickinson doing his little lay my hand down between my legs, three-point celebration in the NIT tournament. And which stands for what, Ben? Well, it stands for laying a schlong dong out on the floor. And, yeah. and you know, I, it's, yeah, you know, I feel like that's something that's cool when you start winning games. Yeah, right. But can can we win games first is probably what I would like to ask before we start doing all these crazy celebrations. And, I mean, he started doing it against Purdue when we were down by nine points with, like, two minutes. That ended up well for us, yeah. Yeah, and then we, we lost. So, kind of a, a disappointing outlook. Yep, yep. A disappointing outlook for Michigan going forward. Maybe we come back next week and we got a little happier stuff hope to talk so. about with Michigan. You got to hope. On a completely different note, we got the AFC and NFC championship games coming up for the NFL playoffs. Obviously, there's still you know no Detroit teams in these playoffs, but we're still going to take a little pick at against the spread at, at these two games and just do a little talk about them. First one you've got is you got 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. It's on that's at three o'clock on Fox, and it's the Eagles are favored by two and a half. What you got there? Two and a half. Ooh. You know, I uh, a couple weeks ago, Ben, I placed a bet where <laughs> if the Bengals were to beat the 49ers in the playoffs, I'd be a very happy man. <laughs> so, I'm to manifest it. You'd be taking us all out for dinner, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Dinner's on me, everybody. So to manifest it and put it into reality, I'm going to take the four Niners to win this game. Now, do I actually think it's gonna happen? I don't know. But I tell you this, Brock Purdy is something special. Everybody's out here saying he's just a regular quarterback. He's being carried by all the weapons around him. I, I'm not saying he's a you know a superstar Hall of Fame, anything crazy like that, even a pro boy. But I'm saying he's got a little he's got an it factor, he's got a swagger to him that I fun. think right. And I think that that travels and I think that carries. Now I, I think they can also lean on McCaffrey and Mitchell on the run game. Um, and they're going to have to lean on their defense to come up with a couple turnovers for them. Um, you know, and now, granted, I think Jalen Hurts looked really good last week. He only threw the ball 24 times, only threw it for like about 170 yards. So, and they're not going to be able to run the ball that easily against this 49ers defense. So I think they're going to have to air it out. And who knows how good Jalen Hurts' shoulder actually is, how good, how healed he actually is. So I think the Fortnite's could get this done, and I kind of need them to, to for my money purposes. But uh, what are you thinking about this game, Ben? I think it's going to be weird because you look at the way both of these teams played last week. The 49ers kind of just shelled up and just let their defense handle the game. Didn't want to make a mistake on offense. Just kind of got up a little early and just mm-hmm. let the defense play the rest of the way. And I don't think they're going to be able to do that against the Eagles. And for the Eagles, you know, you you leaned on the run game, like you said, and 
didn't really throw much, let the defense do its job, ran the ball, chewed a lot of clock. And against the 49ers, you're not going to be able to do that because you're not going to get, you're not going to be able to chew the clock when you're not getting first downs against this defense that's a really, really talented defense. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the edge rushers for 49ers contain Jalen Hurts, you know, running the ball because that's, you know, where he, that's where he makes his money mm-hmm. most of the time is, is just running the ball. Not necessarily always designed, not always, you know, it's just him making plays. I feel like, like you said, they're going to have to throw the ball. And I think, I feel like the way this game is going to be played almost feels like it suits more of the 49ers mm-hmm. style of play. And honestly, I like the 49ers better than the Eagles. So I'm going to take the 49ers also, which probably means the Eagles will end up winning mm-hmm. by 30 since we both took yep. the, the 49ers. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> let's just, let's just yeah. go with it. Let's yeah. roll with it. And then the other game, highly anticipated, it's the night game, 6.30 on CBS. Cincinnati travels to Arrowhead <laughs> to play Kansas City. Chiefs are favored by one. What do you got? Chiefs are favored by one. So, again, like as, as I said, I agree. It's, as I said, it's my bet would need the Bengals to win. But I want to I want to provide some insight beyond oh, the bet. Uh-huh. I would – so uh, the narrative here is, after, is obviously going to be Patrick Mahomes' uh, injury. Um as it should be, because he is—he's the sole reason the Chiefs are in this in the position that they're in. I think that when it comes down to this game, uh, Burrow kind of—they have the the Bengals have the Chiefs number as of right now, but but it'll be on the road. You know, Airheads the loudest hit stadium in the NFL. It's going to be a challenge for him. It's not going to be easy by any means, but um, I just think it comes down to a limited Mahomes. I, if there's any guy that can play off one foot in, in a playoff game, it, it would be Mahomes, but. I think what makes him so, we all know what makes him so good is his escapability in the pocket, his maneuvering to create extra time, to create extra chances for receivers to get open, and then throw the ball. Whether he's looking or not, he'll find the guy. We understand that. But when he's on one foot and he has to hobble to hand the ball off, he's not going to be able to do that all game. And Cincinnati's D-line is very underrated, and they have a couple of nice edge rushers that can get to the quarterback. I don't, and they won't be able to get there all the time because uh, Kansas City's offensive line is probably a top-five unit in the league. It's been a very solid year. But I think the Bengals' defense will do enough to disrupt disrupt Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense, especially on one foot, to kind of keep them off at bay. And at the end of the day, I think Joe Burrow has the – like I mentioned with Brock Purdy, I think he has another it factor. I think he's got the swagger to him. And I think that a healthy Joe Burrow beats a, a limited Mahomes. Now, I could be very wrong here. And Mahomes is – I wouldn't be shocked if he pulls this guy out of his ass somehow because he might. If anybody – like I said, anybody's going to win this game, it would be him. But – for now, I'm going to go Bengals to win this game outright. What do you think about this game, Ben? You know Mahomes is a really good actor, right? You he see is. him in all these All-State commercials and all <laughs> that. You know, He could have just been you know, faking that little sure. limp. Probably not. <laughs> but And also, he came out of the game. So I doubt that would happen if, uh, if he was faking the limp, or I doubt he'd fake the limp after that happened. But you did see him in his little interview – walk off the podium and there was no limp sure you saw maybe four steps but you know no limp it's just something that you can just put in your little check mark box Mm -hmm. and i uh take the privilege of of being a little bit of a chiefs fan myself and a little bit of my home supporter and on the other side of things being a complete Bengals hater which i know is a very unpopular opinion now a good reason to though yeah i i do have good reason to don't need to get into that or anything but uh, I'm going to go Chiefs. I think that it's really – I just hope it's fun to watch yeah. at this point. 
you know, it's so much hype. I just hope that it comes down to that fourth quarter. I, I don't know. It could go so many different ways where whether it's, you know, not a lot of points being scored, a ton of points being scored. I feel like there's so many ways that this game can go. It's really hard to predict how it's going to go. And like you said, you know, what is Mahomes going to be? I feel like you're going to see that really, really early in the game if, if he's going to be the Mahomes or he's going to be able to make those plays where you're just like, how? How does he do this? Or if he's going to be the Mahomes where he's like, eh, you know, you know, it's Mahomes. He's like a right. – I mean, do you, you, he's never just another quarterback, mm-hmm. but he's he's something different when he has his full health, mm-hmm. his full everything. You know, when he's the player you saw that first couple drives against the Jaguars where he made that jump pass, he's – right just making unreal out of this mind out of this world plays i'm going chiefs i think chiefs win i hope they win i think it being an arrowhead's gonna help i think something interesting to look at is the Bengals have been winning the coin toss and getting the ball first and scoring first so that you have to play from behind and when the chiefs are behind they use Drake mckinnon a lot more when they're ahead they use mm-hmm. isaiah pacheco a lot more just kind of the way their game theory works and have to throw the ball. Jack McKinnon's a bit of more of a better pass, uh, passing back, pass catching back. So I think that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. If the Chiefs win the toss, are they going to maybe go for the ball first, try and mm-hmm. get up early on, on Cincinnati? I could see a, a place where they do that, or I could see where they just trust their defense. I think this game is so unpredictable. Yeah. That is, it should be really fun, and, and I don't really know what's going to happen. These this This weekend should be really fun, I think. Two of the best game. It should be two of the best games. Two of the best games all year. Oh yeah, I think it's the the way this ended up is probably the best mm-hmm. way it could ended up. People are like, oh, Chiefs Bills, man. I'd probably rather see Bengals Bills. I would too. I would rather too. than go to a neutral site. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I I think that's all we got, Jimmy. You got. It. I think yeah. that's all set. Yeah, I think that's all we got for this week. Next week we'll probably dive into Michigan Michigan State basketball again. Not much else to talk about other than that. Maybe we can see if we can find something fun to do and look talk yeah. maybe draft or something yeah. yeah we can we can figure something out for next week that we'll talk about as well but that should wrap it up we will see you again next friday thanks for listening